Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to the Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. I am your host, Martha Reddick, and this week I am very excited because um, I have asked Danny Lebrec to be on the show. Danny is the creator and, I mean, star, although it's a it's kind of an ensemble of you and all of your puppets uh, of Danny Joe's Treehouse. Hello, Danny. Hi, Martha. Hi, everybody. Hi, nannies. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate being on the program. Yeah. Danny came and spoke at Nanny Palooza, and I uh, fell in in educational love. Um, <laughs> it's <laughs> mutual. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just, I really, really enjoyed your talk, and I, I thought to myself, hmm, I think my listeners would really enjoy to hear this as well. Um, and then also at the end, we'll talk more about how uh, nannies and listeners can find out more ways to interact with you and and see more of your work. So that's very exciting as well. Um, but before we get started talking about all of that good stuff, let's hear a little bit about your background. Sure, sure. Uh, well, uh, my, my, yeah, my full name's Danny Joe Lebrecht, Daniel Joseph Lebrecht, and, uh, born in New Hampshire and, uh, had a lovely, lovely childhood. Um, we, uh, at one point started homeschooling. Oh, um, wow. before, before it was called homeschooling, it was, mm-hmm. uh, home study at that point. And, uh, we, uh, we had lots of, um, social outlets, lots of, uh, community theater. And, and we all grew up, uh, my sister and I, we grew up taking, um, ballet classes and other types of dances and, oh, wow. and, uh, really, you know, we had lots of outlets. So, so the whole, um, you know, homeschoolers and social thing that that's not, necessarily true. Right, right. <laughs> um, but it depends, depends on the homeschooler, I suppose. But uh, I, I bring all of that up uh, because um, there was also a period that was kind of kind of rough in, in, in early childhood um, where we had a lot of um, big things happening in our lives, big transitional things. My, my mother had cancer for a long time, mm. um, survived it, but it came back and 
you know, strokes came along and, and, and it was a really hard time for us, hard time for the whole family. And, uh, yeah. And there was a period where I, I really needed, um, an extra adult voice. And for me, I found that in, uh, Mr. Rogers neighborhood and Fred Rogers. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, just an amazing individual and, and really stood out from all of the other. There were plenty at that time, plenty of other live action shows, but uh, there was something about that that person and the other people in, in that program that uh, I, I just knew they were real. Yeah, I, I knew I knew that it wasn't a sh- it wasn't a show, that it was sincere and, um, you know, it felt like he was really talking to me and the other caregivers on that show were really connecting with me and uh and I carried that with me for a long time and uh jumping ahead recently um my adult life came came back to that uh and realized you know there really isn't a whole lot of live action caregivers in children's media anymore Um, it's mostly animation really good animation um but it's it, there's a ton coming down the pipeline now, but very very few real human beings. Um, there are a few out there, but you know, and I and I've met quite a few of them, uh, and often they're put in a position where, you know, they're it's it's a uh, almost a caricature of themselves, right? Uh, a, a very happy, um, almost constantly happy version of themselves, and. Uh, and certainly, there are programs that have been, you know, uh, grandfathered in. You know, uh, shows like uh, uh, Sesame Street mm-hmm. um, and uh, Reading Rainbow. Oliver mm-hmm. Burton is now doing his thing on online and just doing amazing, amazing work. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's still it's still pretty tricky to find. There are a few out there, but I, I think there needs to be a lot of caregivers in our media, especially today, because. We live in in uh, the digital age, uh, yes. interactive interactive digital age, and it's um, I think it's really ironic that um, now that we we literally have these screens or these screens that we can literally talk through, not just pretend to talk, you know, to the child at home, but we can we can actually do that now. Um, I, I I I think it's so strange that we're offering something that um, is often false, you know, based right. based in good stuff, but that connection uh, isn't isn't there. Uh, so for a long time, I, I started studying um, how to become worthy to do, uh, of um, taking on a task like that. Um, so I, I, I began in the arts, but uh, was drawn into uh, early childhood development and behavioral science, and um, and started experimenting with what my version of uh, a children's children's show. Um, slash program might might look like. Wonderful. And I remember from Nanny Palooza that you uh, spoke about living in Chicago, which is mm-hmm. where this podcast is based out of, and uh, working at the Field Museum, which is so wonderful. I love the children's area of the Field Museum. The Crown Family Play Lab. Yes. Yeah, I, I was I was um, part of the team when it when it first came into being. Um, it, it was being developed for for a while, and uh, just before it launched, uh, a few months before it launched, I got brought in to the uh, the, the the team um, mm-hmm. for the development of the the curriculum that we we would be using in in the space, and 
it was it was just an amazing opportunity. I was I was already working within the museum, um, in in the education department, doing um, outreach with schools and and family groups and and developing um, field trip curriculum and 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 family curriculum. But this was going to be very focused and essentially taking the big big museum and making it accessible in one place for the the youngest um, audience and, and their families. And uh, I, I absolutely loved my time there. It was so much fun to to work with the scientists and and hear what their areas of study were, and then you know boil that not down, but but make it developmentally appropriate to have a conversation with a young child about these these huge ideas. And uh, it was challenging and really exciting and and hands on and play based and, and just. Uh, just wonderful. That is. And I, I can say, because I am a member at the Field Museum, and so I oh. I take nanny kids all the time. And mm. my goodness, you did you and your team did an excellent job. That's one of our favorite oh. areas. <laughs> well, thank you. And I and, and I and I can't say me and my team. It was, <laughs> I was it was it was a lot of other people that were leading leading the group there and I and I got to play my my part. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it turned out. I was wild. very proud to be part of it. Yeah, it's a it's a great it's a great museum. The big museum is amazing too. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, the um, not to go too too off uh, um, point, but uh, in I was recently um, uh, substituting actually at my my daughter's school, and they're talking about indigenous peoples mm-hmm. and um, living descendants and. Um, uh, a concept that I learned at the Field Museum for um, understanding um, anthropology, uh, people and their cultures, mm-hmm. is this great idea um, called um, common concern, different response. And it starts with this almost like a bullseye, you know, visualize a, a bullseye. And in the center, in the middle circle, you think of the very basic things that all people need, like, you know, shelter and clothing and food and things like that. And then uh, in the next ring, um, it's called a uh, common concern, different response. So common mm-hmm. concern in the middle, different response. And depending upon where you live in the world, what what your environment's like, what your resources are, your response to those common concerns change great, greatly. Right. Um, and, and after those things are established, you, you know, you, you start to, as human beings, we start to think about big, big why questions. You know, why are we here? Where did we come through, come from? What is birth? What is death? You know, and traditions and belief systems and philosophies start to, you know, come out of that. Right. But but at the core, it's it's a common concern, and and we have all of these beautiful, amazing ways of responding differently, you know, mm-hmm. to these things. But it's 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 um when you think of it of it that way, you know, there's it's not about a. Uh, a separation, you know, it's, the, there can be a lot of different ways to, um, to understand what it is to be human. And, and I think that's something that's, um, a, a concept that often gets lost in our, in our current age in, in the, um, the, the, the media that we see, you know, both fictional and non-fictional. We talked about that in the, in, in the classroom, yeah. uh, but it's, it's these extremes of, you know, you are either, this or you're either that. You're either on this side or you're on that side. And if you're on that side, I don't like you and vice versa. And it, you know, we're, we're more 
we're so much more complex than than that as human beings. And I think we need to talk about that more and and model behaviors that show how to engage with one another and and resolve tensions and and conflicts. Um, and maybe not always come come up with this wonderful um, <laughs> solution, you know that's right. hard. it's but it's, but it's not about getting to the end. it's it's the process. it's it's not hurting yourself. It's not hurting others, you know it's um, it's, it's being together on, on this amazing earth and, and appreciating each other. Um, and, and I'm, I'm constantly worried that that's, even though I think the majority of human beings are on the same page, you know, we can appreciate and coexist, um, you know, the, the media influence, um, shows the, the worst of us right. and, and, and paints a picture that, um, is really quite depressing, and 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 not to sound naive, I'm a grown up. <laughs> like right, I, I understand right. that there's you know awful things happening in our world, um, but it's you know we're there. There are um, there's so many of us that are passionate and caring and thoughtful and and you know want to work with one another and understand each other and grow together, and uh, yeah, I think we need to present that, and I think we can present that. In um, in children's media, I, th- I think it's important to do more than just as wonderful as as it is, more than just the academic stuff, the shapes right. and colors, and um, and even the, the the basic you know developmental um, uh, strategies that you know the, all the dramas that every young person deals with, you know things like separation anxiety and and you know potty training and, and, and all that really, really important stuff that's, that's huge in a young child's life. Um, but to understand that there, there are plenty, there are uh, you know, actually a lot of young children dealing with all the big world issues that us adults deal with too, um, yes. but they don't have as much experience to, to cope. And we really do need to present them, even though, you know, we want to, we want to shield and we want to protect, of course, but you know, those, those big action events, you know, they, they seep through and they connect and we need to be able to support in age appropriate ways and, 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 and talk about things, um, you know, directly. Um, yeah, we so can do that. Yeah. Let's speak more to that. We can go ahead and move into that part of it. Um, because okay. that is, that was something that really, um, got my educational ears perked up um, in your talk at Nanny Palooza, which just a quick plug for Nanny Palooza. Yes. If you as a nanny are um, able to go next year, next year it's going to be in California, so West Coast uh, nannies, get ready. Um, it's going to be in Anaheim. But um, it was such a rejuvenating <laughs> experience for me as a nanny um I came back with so many strategies and and more resources of of humans like like you Danny and then also (laughs) all of these other amazing nannies that I met there that um you know you can go and say like man my nanny kid is really struggling with like sitting still at the dinner table you know what are some strategies that have worked for you all and it just is a wonderful community uh, and a wonderful experience. So if you have the means to go, uh, I, I highly recommend 
taking that time. It's a, it's a good use of your resources mm-hmm. to go. So, and that was how here, I met here. Yes. Yes. Um, so, uh, back to, uh, fostering connection and compassion with our nanny kids. Um, what, what are some strategies that you have or, or you've seen work with helping kids foster a connection yeah. Well, I, I um, worked for a long time to to um, and and I, I taught in the preschool classrooms too, and I and I studied early child early childhood development and the guidance approach um, and uh, you know all the good school stuff. Right. And then and then you take that and you try it out in the classrooms and you make a lot of mistakes, but you learn from those mistakes. Um, so I, I have those experiences. <laughs> um, but I also looked at, um, because you know, part of my work was not only interested in working in the classrooms, but also working through um, interactive screens. So I wanted to find a method that worked you know, through both um, the, the live presentations and, and through the screen. Uh, so I, I looked at, um, you know, going back to, to Mr. Rogers, you know, what seemed to be his, his method um, for communication, just watching the old shows and and looking at the the teachers that I admire most, the ones that I um, st- studied under, and and mm-hmm. and there were these common um, factors. And the first one um, was and and, and 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 painting this under, you know, in in the moments where the, something unexpected is happening. Right. Um, so you know, you know, like we all go through our daily routines, but um, again, I call them action events. And, uh, you know, uh, an action event can, can range from, um, you know, uh, uh, first conflict with, with a peer, you know, doing parallel play and then going into co-play and then, you know, fighting over a, a toy for the first time. Like, that's an action event to right. me. Um, but there, there's, a, you know, a, a common daily um, drama. But there's also the, the, the huge ones that affect our shared community um, that... Um, you know, maybe kids experience through firsthand experiences, and maybe it's through second um, secondary experiences, but it still connects with them in one way or another. Um, so, you know, think of all of the awful recent um, tragedies that we've been, you know, experiencing as, as human beings. Um, mm-hmm. the, La- the Las Vegas shootings in, in Puerto Rico, and 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 you know, places like Baltimore and Chicago and rural areas too. You know, they're they're there's daily shootings there. Right. There's, you know, there's very real violence that can affect us and, and our children. Um, so, um, I think of the, the action event and, um, so, so often, you know, people say, you know, think of the child first. That was actually a huge thing that Fred Rogers used to say, think of the child first. And I, and I absolutely agree with that, but I think it's also really important to, you know, before diving into a, a, um, trying to support a child that's experienced something overwhelming, to take just a just a second, um, if not more, uh-huh. to um, to try to center yourself and think about, you know, how you're being affected by that action event too. So, you know, right. if you're if you're feeling really sad or angry, like you know, is that going to come out in your reaction to a child that's seemingly, act, you know, acting um, 
out in a way that's unexpected and possibly frustrating and, and um, you know, socially unacceptable and you don't know what the root cause is yet. And, you know, it, sometimes if we jump right into it with a, what are you doing? You know, with the, the tap on the hand or the timeout chair, um, you know, those sort of strategies, they don't, they, they might stop the immediate behavior maybe, but, you know, there's no opportunity to engage or grow or really understand what's going on. And the lesson that's being sent is, I'm bigger than you, I'm more powerful than you. And, you know, if you want to get attention, you know, use, use a physical solution. Right. Um, and that's, that's, that's not effective in my, in my book. Yes. Um, so I think, so I think it's important to, to take that moment to be like, okay, I'm upset. Just take a breath. Just at least one breath. Like is we enough tell to our slow, kids to do too. Do all the stuff <laughs> we tell everything you needed to learn, you learned in kindergarten, right? Right. Like, yeah, take, take a deep old breath, you know, and then say, okay, I'm feeling upset, but I need to help my, my child that I'm taking care of. And then step in. And just a second to do that. You know, our brains are pretty fast. You know, just a moment to pause if we can. And it's hard to, it takes practice to do even that. But to center ourselves is, is uh, kind of the first step. That's what I try to do. Yes. Um, and it's hard. And it can be hard. Um, but Put to do that. metaphorical uh, oxygen <laughs> mask on. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because that, um, you know, visualizing things like that, it really does help a lot. Um, whatever little trick you want to use. I often tell the kids to take out their imaginary balloon Mm -hmm. and blow it up three times until it inflates and then give it a squeeze and hold onto it, but don't let it pop. And then float up and rise above and look and see what's happening. And then when you're ready, let the air out. (laughs) And, um, and, And even just talking through that and seeing that in your imagination, the imagination is really powerful, you know, um, yes. that, that, that can help so much, so much to actually see it in your, mm-hmm. in your mind's eye. Um, like just talking about it makes me feel calmer right now. Yeah. I was talking really fast <laughs> and I'm realizing that I'm kind of chilling out right now. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, centering, centering yourself and then listening and the type of listening that isn't just, you know, with a, a adults, you know, so often we, we're just waiting for our turn to talk. Right, you know? right. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, and for children, some, when working with children, it can be often be the same same sort of thing. Oh, I know what I, I I learned about this in school, or I've been through this situation before. I'm going to say A, B, and C, mm-hmm. um, and and you wait for for your opening and you jump in with your your strategy that you've learned, um, and the strategies, you know. Are, are probably really important and, and, and effective and, and tested. But um, listening with your ears to what they're saying, how they're acting, if they don't have the words yet, the sounds that they're making, um, the facial expressions, you know, observe with your eyes too. Watch the play that's going on, the dramatic play that's going on. Watch the body language. Like, you know, you pause for yourself and then pause again to really take a look at what's going on. If it's something immediate where, you know, they're about to hurt themselves, physically hurt themselves or hurt someone else, you know, jump in and remove from the situation. Right. But once, once everyone's physically safe, um, let it, let it play out and watch for a little bit and just hear, just, just listen. Um, uh, and that can be, 
another very challenging thing for us to do as, as adults. Because um, we might not always like what we're seeing and what we're hearing. Um, but but um, that kind of leads to the, the next thing. Um, yeah, yeah. Which is uh, accepting, like truly accepting whatever that child is putting out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of have to do a little bit of detective work, you know, because again, young children don't always have the words. It's it's kind of like you know solving a a puzzle, you know, or or, or um, working from the Ros- Rosetta Stone. You know, you really have right. to decode it. You have to figure it out. Um, but once you do, you might not like it. You might not like what's being said and and what and what type of play is happening. And it might make you feel uncomfortable. It might be socially unacceptable. But um, accepting the child where they're at in that moment is really, really important. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I think, I think so often, uh, you know, I did, you know, think of the child that's like uncontrollably crying and just, we, and just so overwhelmed with emotion over something that maybe seems like, you know, something superficial and not really important to us, but to them in that moment, you know, it's, you know, that, that, that block tower falling over, it's very real. And it's, and, and those emotions are absolutely real and saying, Oh, don't cry. Don't cry. Don't cry. <laughs> you know, that's us. That's our, you know, that's us being uncomfortable. We've got to accept that this is where they're at and just be with them, you know? And if that means holding them, if they want that, that's fine. Or if it just means giving them space to, to let it out, you know, we, we need to do that sometimes too. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and if it's angry feelings and, and again, drawing the line where you know, there's no hurting of others or, or self, but you know, if they're saying something that is upsetting, um, you know, uh, understanding this is a moment in time. Like we all get, we've all been there when we've gotten very, very angry. And sometimes we've said things that we didn't mean, um, but it's coming out of the heat of, of the moment. And that, that happens with, with kids too, you know? Um, so so um, knowing that this moment is going to change and evolve and, and just, again, reassuring the child, letting them know whatever's happening, not, 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 not necessarily by saying the words, but I accept you. I am with you right now. I love you no matter what. Beyond, yes. And, and even, you know, even beyond love, I, I might not like the way you're acting right now, <laughs> Right. But I'm still with you. I'm still here for you. Um, so that that absolute acceptance is really incredibly difficult, um, but it's something that we need to keep keep practicing. Yes, um, and and it's something that I think um, a a nanny or a caregiver mm-hmm. uh, is perhaps, and and this is not always true. For me, mm-hmm. but perhaps slightly um, more equipped to do since there is um, s- slightly more distance than the mother and father of that child. Um, I think a lot of times, at least I have sometimes observed, uh, a mother or a father, there is this reflection of them that they're putting on the child that as a caregiver, we don't necessarily have um, quite as much of this. Like, if my child misbehaves, it reflects badly on on me. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think holding space for them to experience, you know, even 
scarier emotions is is an important uh, thing that that a caregiver can provide uh, when perhaps a, a parent is struggling with that. Sure, and and potentially for a lot of different reasons too. You know, right. the nice thing about being a uh, a nanny or another type of caregiver um, that that's with the child, you know, not all the time is we get to go home. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we get to we say, get to see recharge. you later. We, we, yeah. And, 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 you know, the parent that goes to whatever type of work during the day um, or, or working at home with a child during the day, they're, they're still dealing with all those big um, emotions too. And, and whatever action events that are in their lives. So, you know, they're carrying all of that with them too. I mean, we're, we, and, and, you know, all of us, you know, regardless of what our, mm-hmm. our roles are and what our, our jobs are and our training is, you know, like we, we, we can all, you know, we do all go through these ups and downs emotionally. Um, but I, I, yeah, I do agree with you. I think, I think having a little, it can be depending on the day, right. <laughs> easier, easier as, as a nanny, as a caregiver to, to have that distance, um, and, and, and make that, that space for that type of, uh acceptance and sometimes it's not right, <laughs> you know? right. And, like, uh, and then you, being forgiving you know. to yourself yeah. when it's not sure sure um uh so um just to go through my little checklist here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so um you know going through the acceptance stuff um and then um trying to empower the child the best as you can um through um finding solutions and testing solutions or, te- or yeah, testing potential solutions. And, uh, and that doesn't mean like, you know, uh, so often we want to fix it for our kids, whether they're our own children or children that we take care of. We want to say, um, well, you can do this or this or this, you know, you can try sharing, you can share your toy or, right. you know, how, you know, say how you feel or use your words or, you know, all the fun little strategies that we plug in and some, and those are great. It's important to teach those. But I think it's also um, nice um, to, uh, to to step back and and become a, a, a guide, you know, a, the the type of educator that isn't just lecturing, but um, is uh, presenting an environment to engage in the process of thinking, not just telling someone what to think and how to think, but you know, here here here's a space for you to work on finding the answers for yourself. So, you know, what do you think we could do um, to solve this problem? You know, and it, you know, and that sort of language, you know, definitely with an older kid yes, or, you but, know, with, yeah. with, with, you know, t- or with stuffed animals, you know, Teddy seems really upset right now. I wonder what we can do to help Teddy. What do you think we should do? Um, and, and empower the child to make some choices. And, and again, drawing, drawing the, the, the lines, you know, if the choice is, um, say two kids are, are fighting over that, that, that truck in the sandbox and the choice is I want to throw sand in their eyes. Well, no, that's not, that's right. not, nope, that's not a good choice. <laughs> What's another idea? And if the other idea is something that only a young child could come up with, like I'm going to sit on this truck and maybe, <laughs> and I will dig this hole for my friend to sit in and they can sit in the hole and put sand in the hole. As long as both parties are okay with that that redirection, um, great. Let's right. test it. Let's see if that works and makes everybody let's happy. Let's try that out. Let's see. And if it doesn't, then we try something else. But it's a process. It's 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 not just a um, 
you know, you're either this or you're either that. It's it's working through the the conflict, and um, so that you know when you're we're not around and and something like that comes up again, um, not only do they have the 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 choices that we give, the strategies that we hand to them, but they also have the ability to come up with their own um, strategies. Yes, um, and and uh, for more of a step by step guide to that process, the we have an episode called Conflict Resolution um, that kind of goes through uh, guiding that at first, and then how to kind of be more hands off with conflict resolution. Um, and it, it's almost identical to what you just said. So, Oh, cool. If, well, yeah, if I mean, a listener yeah. wants more details on that, um, there's a whole episode about just that. <laughs> nice. I'm making a list of all the episodes I need to, um, <laughs> listen to. And that's the thing, like, you know, you see these, um, these sort of, uh, approaches in all of these different places with, with lots of different um, caregivers and guides because it works, right, you know, right. it's, 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 um, it's not copying somebody else's stuff. You know, it's, it's just that, um, well, you know, in, in a way, sure. You learn from your mentors, you learn from the people that you admire. Um, but there, there's rhyme and reason to it. You know, there might be slight variations on, on an idea, but the heart of it, uh, it, it, it works. But yes, and it is, it's so important to, to help kids um, learn to, to do that for themselves, to not, to not come up with the solutions yourself as an adult. <laughs> um, sure. And, and yeah, uh, and holding, holding that space for them to, to really think through solutions. And even if it seems like a silly solution, if, if both parties are, agree to it and it's safe for everyone then yeah go with it right and and, and silly is the right word because it's it's also a, another thing that i think of throughout that whole process whether i'm in a classroom or if i'm doing it online is using the language of the young child which is play mm. um you know uh dramatic play co-play um sometimes violent dramatic play, like it's all acceptable. It's all the safe place to practice what it is to be an adult. It's, it's one of the reasons why I use um, very traditional um, hand puppets, you know, so- sock puppets, teddy bear puppets, my own new little puppets that I've been making that, that have a face, but they don't, they're not super animated, you know, that right. the child projects their own thoughts and ideas and feelings onto um, characters like that. Um, so that you can have a deeper conversation without overwhelming the child, you know, um, an adult talking, you know, face to face, looking in each other's eyes about these sort of things, you know, we do pretty okay. It can be hard for us too. Mm-hmm. Um, but an adult looking down at a child or, you know, even if we kneel down and make the eye contact, you know, it can, it can be pretty intense, but if we redirect it and put it, um, into a play, into a play based sort of thing. Um, or, or reading about it in a, in a really good children's book where there are these secondary characters that we can live vicariously through. Um, you know, that's a very safe, abstract place to uh, explore big ideas. Um, over the past couple of years, I've been thinking a lot about um, uh, the idea of um, our, our, our subconscious selves and our conscious selves and how the two work really well together. You know, mm-hmm. um, if you're having a, a crazy dream, you know, we all know, um, often, you know, if we have a, a, a rough day, some sort of a, a 
experience during our day that we just haven't been able to figure out by the time it's time to go to sleep. Our subconscious kicks in and we have these surreal dreams that maybe in the moment don't always make sense. They're, you know, abstract. Um, but when we wake up for a second or two, um, if we look at all the different pieces and we and we start to analyze that dream, we're, find, we're finding some answers. You know, our subconscious is working it out and that can affect, you know, our, our, our conscious experience and, right. and vice versa. So it's this dance back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And kids um, do this so well. They're masters of it. You know, it's, it's like, um, I always blank on what it's called. What, what is it when you're in a waking state in a dream where you're controlling the dream? Oh, lucid um, dreaming. Lucid. It's loose playing a young child playing pretend um, is like lucid dreaming. Oh, like, wow. so, I so, yeah, yeah. Um, me too. It's, and it's, yeah. a, it's just an idea. It's an observation, but, um, there, there are these different types of play that kids engage in often where, when they're feeling overwhelmed and when they're really into it, going back to that listening, if we're really listening, we can get all of these clues about what a child knows and what a child doesn't know about any given situation, any given you know, action event. And if we allow that play to happen, we can see them working through it in this subconscious sort of way. And that's an amazing opportunity for us to stand back and really hear, know where they're at, but also, um, if, if it's appropriate, step in and interact through play too and potentially give some strategies um, and guide and, and go through that whole, that whole process that we just talked about, um, but within the, within the play, the language of play. And, um, yeah, that's, that's an amazing opportunity. We can talk about anything that way. And it's not, it's not overwhelming. It's this very safe, um, objective place. And, and if the child is at a point where they're not ready to talk about specifics in that play abstract place, they're still picking up these strategies for coping that they can apply at their own level. And if they are making connections, that's great. Mm -hmm. they're, 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 they're still learning the strategies. And, um, and if they've had a, uh, an experience, a very direct experience with something, um, this is an outlet, it's an escape. Um, so, you know, play is very, very powerful. It's, it's so essential. And we, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, in, in, in schools and, and even at home, you know, we're, we're, we seem to be limiting that, that, that time, you know, allowing for that time to just play. Uh, we still think of it as this thing that's frivolous, but um, it's it's the it's the child's work. It's really important work. Um, it's practicing to be an adult. It's it's um, it's therapeutic. It's uh, it's it's really a huge part of being a child and being an adult. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we we all play pretend. I mean, you know, where <laughs> right. the, the, the roles that we've taken on as our grown-up selves, you know, there's a lot of playing pretend in, in there, I think. Um, yes. You know, and we kind of need to accept that. <laughs> and if we do, then we start to have a, more of a, a lucid dreams uh, sort of experience too, you know. We can, again, can't control the actions of others, but we can influence with our own actions. Um, not that it's just about, you know, influencing others. We can, you know, influence ourselves, you know. Right. Uh, but, uh, sure. 
Um, and then on that idea of play um, at Nanny Palooza, you spoke about three different types of play, um, mm-hmm. especially in response to, to action events. Um, so I'd love to hear more about those. Sure. Uh, well, I, I started thinking about these, um, and I, I had been aware of them, but I, I started giving them um, more specific names. And, and again, this is the sort of thing where other you know, other educators think about this sort of thing a lot. So right. there's you, you, some of this might sound familiar. You might have heard it in a different way, or maybe it's something that you naturally think about. Um, but it's all good. Uh, but it was um, we we had just gotten to Baltimore from Chicago, and Chicago can be a pretty um, violent place. But it was right around the time of Freddie Gray, um, and uh, and his death, and Baltimore was, you know very upset and and it was in the news constantly and and uh kids were picking up on it you know they were seeing it on on the screens in the background um it you know for the families that just always have some sort of media going on they don't think about you know what the kids might be seeing not seeing um and even if the media was turned off you know uh uh parents chat with each other they talk with each other teachers are talking with each other other students maybe have heard you know heard part of the story and they were sharing their understanding of it and just that energy you know kids pick up on on those feelings um, they perceive you know uh, in a way that that's it's another one of their gifts you know right there yeah. um, there's 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 been no conditioning um, yet. Uh, well, there has been, but right, there's, but there's less. That, that, that empathy. Yeah. Less that, that empathy, that natural human empathy is so strong with young children, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, you know, we, the kids that I worked with my own children, everyone was very much aware of everything that was going on at that point. And, um, we were seeing, um, types of play in, um, the classrooms and in the playgrounds and uh, a, a lot of parents and educators were like, "No, we don't. We don't play that way." Mm-hmm. Um, and to be to be more specific, you know, it was lots of bang, 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 you're dead sort right. of play. Um, and there's three there's three levels of it um, for me, mm-hmm. and um, and not just with that specific um, action event, but um, with with any major violent thing, you know, the the, the Las Vegas tragedy. Um, way too many in between every day mm-hmm. um but um you know you'll often you'll see kids who just want to feel power you know young children don't have a lot of power in their lives in general they don't have a lot of choice right. um, we we try to give that to them you know little things like you know picking you know laying out three different types of shirts that they can put on in the morning you know little mm-hmm. little choices that you know give give them a sense of power but you know so often you know we we all know the kids that want to pretend to be dinosaurs or superheroes or ninjas mm-hmm. or you know or or grown-ups pretend to be grown-ups and you know the quote you know the idea of the quote good guy or quote you know bad guy what that what that means you know the extremes again um but often that play is is a violent type of play, just trying to take power, you know, swinging that stick around like a sword or like a gun. Um, and, yeah, you know, again, if, if we're seeing that they're about to hurt someone or hurt themselves physically or, or emotionally, you know, pretend play 
it's still very scary. Those feelings mm-hmm. still come up. Like that's that's important to address too. Yeah, we 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 need to draw that line and stop that play. But not just you know slap on the hand and end the conversation. You know, say we don't play with guns that way. Even pretend guns. And here is why. Here's mm-hmm. what our school mm-hmm. philosophy is. Here's what our beliefs are and traditions are as a family. You know, this is why as a society we follow these sort of rules. Um, you know, have that have that conversation. And, and again, you know, you might have to change the way that you deliver that depending upon where the child's at developmentally. If they're ready right. to talk about it or if they need to play about it, you can you can still play those sort of big ideas and it's much harder that's the other thing it takes time and it's emotionally draining <laughs> you know but um it's really it's important to engage in that so there's there's that power um dramatic violent play that can happen and then there's the um reflective subconscious stuff that we already kind of talked about you know the stuff that we have to interpret mm-hmm. um you know it, the stuff that happens in the block corners you know a block can be whatever you want it to be Yes. Um, that's one of the things that's so you know, beautiful about them. That's absolutely, absolutely. A whole lot happens in that block corner, you know, um, math and physics and, and social structures. And um, this is my, you know, everyone has a, um, a 9-11 story. This, this is mm-hmm. mine and it ties into to this subconscious sort of play. Um, again, a huge action event. We were, we were in Chicago um, it was my second year teaching in the classroom, in the preschool classroom, and we were in a suburb, obviously very far away from New York. But at that time, all the big cities, we didn't know what was going to happen, you know, right. and and everyone was on edge. A lot of families weren't sending their kids into school. Um, the, t- the teachers would stand close to each other and, and, you know, naturally talk about things and try to get stuff out. You know, we were listening to the radio in the car, we were seeing the the footage again and again and again and again. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, because there weren't as many, um, children in our, in our, um, in our, um, little school, there's four classrooms at that, at that preschool and daycare. Mm-hmm. Um, the students were all in one room. Um, so there's some scaffolding going on, um, unintentional, um, scaffolding going on, right. but every single one of those kids, uh, between three and five, they were, all in the block corner and they were all building tall structures and they were all knocking them down. The cars were out too. They were crashing into stuff and they were building up these structures and knocking them down again and again and again. And, and the teacher that I studied under, she, her name was uh, Kathy Passois and she looked over and she saw this and she stopped herself and she's like i need to i need to engage with the students Mm -hmm. this is this is obviously you know responsive to what what's going on and and sure it's it's you know in a black corner it's it's nothing new for kids to make make towers and knock them down like you know but what was so specific about it was you know the kids the the looks on their faces like it wasn't it wasn't a focused type of play it wasn't being silly, it wasn't angry, it wasn't sad. It was just like a, um, uh, it was like a spin out, you know. Mm-hmm. It was just stuck in this repetitive thing in, in small groups. And she sat down and she didn't say stop doing that, you know. She just sat with the children, you know. And I remember her putting her hand on, on one little girl's back and just rubbing her back as she was doing it. And eventually, the girl just laid her 
head on on Kathy's um, lap, and you know, eventually that that play um, moved on to other types of play. But she just let let them let it out. Yeah. Um, but if you think about that time, you know, like, um, and this is really important going back to media, those images were being shown again and again and again. And if you know, as an adult, we knew you know, this is a rerun. This is, this is them showing it again so that we can try to understand what's happening. We can review it. You know, they're telling the story again and again and again, but for a young child seeing it on the screen, um, and not just that specific, um, um, event, but you know, any event, all of the you know, scary stuff we see on the news, they show it again and again and again. And for a young child, it's, it's, it's this, it's, it's met with the same intensity. Yeah. It's, you know, um, uh, uh, Chip Donahue, who um, is a professor at um, Erickson Institute in Chicago, graduate school for early childhood development, mm-hmm. and works um, for the Fred Rogers Center as a as a senior fellow, and and is partnered with Macy, and really knows his stuff. You know, when it comes to screen time and, and the the new age that we're in, right. um, said you know children at that time. They, they experienced more than one 9-11. They, you know, they experienced hundreds of 9-11s again and again and again, you know. And you, like, think about that, you know. That's right. how much, how overwhelming that, that was for that, you know, that generation of young children. Um, so we really have to be so aware of, of the screens around us, you know, and, and what we're exposing our kids to and knowing when to just turn it turn it off, you know, <laughs> yes. get off, get off of, even for us, get off of Facebook. Like we don't, you know, it doesn't make us a bad human being not to watch these, these things. You know, we, we know what's happening. We can make some choices on how we can, you know, send hopes and prayers and then also some action, you know, actions to, to help support in whatever way we can, you know, right. we, we're, but not to go too far off, but so yeah. that, that type of, that type of play, you know, you you can see so much you know in that in that subconscious sort of play that reflective play um and and the same process the same method that we talked about earlier with um engaging and listening and accepting and you know finding solutions you know we can apply it in that type of play too but we we have to allow it to happen um and then the last kind and this is a really hard one for a lot of people because it 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 hurts it's um it's recreation play. Mm-hmm. It's a child that knows exactly what's happened mm-hmm. um, and and acts out the parts, you know, playing the parts of, of real people, you know, playing the part of a shooter, um, playing a part of a victim. And that's, you know, heartbreaking yes. for us. Um, but again, it's, it's still an opportunity to step in and say, I, I, I can see, you know, exactly what happened and, and we need to talk about it or, or we need to play about it and look at all those different perspectives and again have a conversation about what's socially acceptable and what's not and how you know some people you know their minds are very very ill or they've experienced horrible things that make deci- you know make them make decisions that are not socially acceptable but we're very healthy people because look how we're dealing with our feelings right now we're, we're talking it out. We're playing it out, but we're not hurting anyone else. We're not hurting ourselves. Um, you know, it's it's important to to talk about the hard things and play about the hard things. 
um, and not just just push them down. Push them down. Yeah, great. And that there's a you know a lot of us do that. If what happens when you push it down and you bury it down and you hold it inside, it's got to come out. Right. Um, it will find I, a way. It will find a way. I when when I talk about this when I'm doing um, conferences, I draw a picture, a really abstract picture, so that you know the 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 um, participants can you know project themselves, their own children into it. But I draw a very abstract picture of a child, and then I draw a big um, star shape, which represents the uh, action event above that child. And I draw a line coming down to the child, and I say, um, you know, when a child's affected by an action event, big or small, the first thing that happens is a big question mark, a big why, a big what is this, a big what's happening. And then the next thing that pops into the child's head is me, exclamation mm-hmm. point, me. How does this affect me? And it repeats. It's a why me, why me sort of process. And if there's nobody there to guide, that original action is going to influence the behavior. You know, why me, why me, why me, holding it in, holding it in. And that behavior is going to reflect at some level what the original action was. Um, so it's really important as caregivers, you know, if that, if that kid's fortunate enough to have a caregiver step in and provide these strategies and these methods and help them work through these problems through play and then and um, let them know that, that it's it's okay to talk it's okay to play about these things um, yeah and with and with all that sorry that's all heavy stuff but I just no, I just no, want to throw in um, yeah um, I want to throw in you know I, I have this idea that for the kids that maybe don't have an adult right next to them or that d- adult isn't fully present um, because of a, of a variety of good reasons, you know, they're, they're affected by that action event too. Maybe there's illness. Um, maybe there's who knows what, you know, but they're not fully present and, and, you know, unfortunately sometimes not present at all. I, I sincerely think it's possible that in today's age, um, we can use screens in a very healthy way. We can, we can present caring adults. Like for me, when I was a little kid, you know, like, like Mr. Rogers or for mm-hmm. other kids, you know, Captain Kangaroo or LeVar Burton or Sherry Lewis, or there, there's, yeah, gosh, there's just <laughs> this, hundred, yeah. hundreds of them, you know, but there, there are these real adult beings on the other side of the screen. If, and if we can show that it's not an actor, that it's a real caregiver and, and talk directly through the screen, even if it's not an interactive screen, but, you know, share these sort of methods, model these sort of behaviors, I think we can influence that child in the same healthy way. Um, mm. and, that, and that's what I'm trying to do with, uh, with what looks like a, a, a good old-fashioned kids show. It's, um, it's hopefully a lot more than that. Yeah, so, I, gosh, you are just segueing so beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. You're, good. You're just, I'm in the passenger seat over here and I love it. Um, well, good. Well, well, good. You're driving through this just wonderfully and I, I really enjoy it. Um, so yes, tell me, tell, tell me and the listeners more about, about your show. I've already exposed, uh, some of my nanny kids to it and, um, they they're really responding. So, uh, yeah, tell us tell us more. Okay. Well, it's it um yeah it's called Danny Joe's Treehouse, and uh, it's it's the type of communication that is um, honestly 
it's it's kind of a tough sell for TV for modern day mm-hmm. television, and and you know there might be some pushback from that um, statement. You know, people in in the industry that say, oh, of course not. You know, we look at <laughs> look at look at Sesame Street. Look at what's happening on Sprout Network. You know, there's plenty of uh, uh, real caregivers, and that's true. But you know, I, I, there's if you start to talk about the sort of things that we were just talking about in in a kids program, there is a concern. Um, uh, of, of, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I, I think it comes down to, to, um, funding and yes. viewership and things like that. And I might be completely wrong. I might be completely wrong, but I, I've, I've tried very hard to break into that industry for a long time. And, uh, I found myself just constantly asking permission from someone else to present these programs that I had created over years and years. I've got, I've got, just hundreds of scripts, um, mm-hmm. uh, but I was just sitting on them. You know, I wasn't doing right. anything with them. I was using them in the classroom, and I knew that they worked. Um, and they started changing. You know, they were less scripts and more like talking points. And then they were more like outlines. And it and it became more about the listening to the individual kids, and they they were steering the conversation. And I was just facilitating it. Um, and I realized, well, I can. You know, I don't need to wait for anyone to let me do that. I've got. I'm fortunate enough to have a smartphone, which mm-hmm. is a, a little portable TV station. I can I can record, I can dis- distribute through social media, and uh, that's what I started doing. I just started holding up my phone like selfie style. Uh-huh. Um, I had made some pre-recorded pieces back in Chicago um, when I was trying to find what that voice was, but that was an early version of Dangerous Treehouse that was more a nature-based, more traditional, you know, a one, two, three punch sort of, you know, um, here, here's, here's a, a, a thought, um, is the answer this, this, or this, and then you reveal what the, the answer is, you know, it's kind of a traditional beat sort of thing. Um, and I didn't, that wasn't, that really wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, so, uh, instead I wanted to have a conversation. So I just started having these really open-ended conversations um, pre-recording them onto a, a video on my on my phone and then uploading them onto uh, uh, YouTube. And I got some good response with that. And I started doing tests with different types of environments, you know, being outside in nature, um, having just a white backdrop behind me and using very, very simple puppets to, to uh, engage the child. And um, got really good feedback from that. It was really easy to connect with the child. But with the adult, it was a little bit harder. Because mm-hmm. um, the adult wanted to know, you know, you wanted, you were talking about trust earlier. Um, the adult wanted to know who, what is this, who is this guy? What is <laughs> right. he? Right. You know, is he, uh, he's on, he's on the screen and that should, and that's suspicious. Right. And it should be, you should, you should question who your caregivers are in real life and, and on, on screen. You have to earn that trust. Um, but I found um, through consistency showing up you know, as often as I could. And by, oddly enough, dressing in slightly brighter clothing and putting on a bow tie, um, you know, I started to feel more like an old-fashioned kid show host. Isn't and that those fascinating? Were, it really, yeah. yeah. And there's, there's, there's a nostalgia there, you know. It's like, mm-hmm. if I can, you know, are you a clown? Are you a, you know, like, right. are you a, are you a Captain Kangaroo? Are you a Mr. Rogers? Are you a, you know, what, what are you? What can I associate with you? You know, um, 
So, and, and, and I love that period of, of early television with live action not, and not just Mr. Rogers, but all of the, the local kids show hosts, you know? And, mm-hmm. um, so I, I really started looking at their, their style and I saw that, you know, early television when they were just starting to figure it out, they didn't have any money. So all of their, like me, <laughs> so all of their, all of their sets, you know, they were made out of like. Um, stretched canvas and cardboard and sock puppets. And I thought, well, gosh, I can do that. So I start, and, and, you know, I, I have an arts background. So, oh, good. I get to use a little bit of my, my, my uh, skills in painting. And I started making um, a set for myself in my kid's playroom. Um, uh, Brody and Flynn were kind enough to share their play space <laughs> in the basement with me. That and I built a, uh, Yes. And they, and you know, they got a tree house out of it in the basement too. So um, we were all pretty happy, but, uh, so I built, I built up a a simple set and I started using, um, it was right around the time that Facebook started um, offering, um, live broadcasts and it was something that I had wanted to do. I wanted to see if, you know, um, could, could I actually talk through the screen with, with the families at home? Um, and you know, it's not a two way camera, but, the the um, the comment section on the side, parents would co-view, which is very important. They'd have to, mm-hmm. to participate. The parents had to be involved, and they would listen to what the children were saying, and they would write down the responses from the children, and then I could respond directly to Charlie in the California or um, Karen in Baltimore or, wh- or wherever, mm-hmm. and I could talk to them directly about what they wanted to talk about, and the puppets could too. Um, and then before and after those more traditional um, shows, uh, I could do a parent teach a virtual parent teacher conference, and just talk to the parents and say, "All right, these are the objectives I'm I'm trying to um, I'm trying to hit. Um, what do you think? Am I doing it? What do I need to change? And what's what's your experience with this with this topic? And you know, what would you like to see? And and it became a uh, a conversation. Um, so it wasn't one way. I was really interacting uh, in a way that seemed like a natural progression to what the the early kid show hosts used to do, mm-hmm. um, but nobody was doing. Um, and and I grew grew an audience that's um, small on on scale to to you know the big shows, but I know every single one of my families. You know, we're we're all part of a community. We built the treehouse together, and and I know where the kids are at developmentally. I know where the parents are at, and and uh, some of them have met you know face to face, and a lot of them just online. Um, but we we all connect with each other, and it's not just me talking with with the parents. You know, the parents start to talk with each other too. The kids talk with each other too. Um, oh, that's so it was this wonderful, amazing thing. Yeah, yeah. just uh, this cool mix up of you know very traditional kids show um kids tv show and very modern reflective of our present day um technology an appropriate use of it right um you know reality uh tv if it was good and decent yes you know? if it actually <laughs> um, was actual reality, reality. yeah <laughs> right um so that was great and and uh, that was last season that was last year and uh moving to this year i've realized that um it's amazing in the moment, like all those connections happen. Uh, but I found out after I would save those videos and transfer them over to YouTube, 
people who came to the the individual uh, episodes later on, um, kid, individual kids would get confused because I would be talking through the screen to the one child, mm-hmm. and then I would start calling that one child child Charlie, mm-hmm. and and you know what are you talking what are you talking about, Danny Joe? <laughs> and I would lose them. I would lose that deeper connection. Um, so this year the plan is to still do the um, parent teacher caregiver nanny grown up you know um, conference and talk about what the objectives are going to be and, and ask for feedback and then incorporate that into a recorded we're going to pre-record the actual episode um, and then put it up um, a little bit later down the line so there'll still be the interactive stuff children can still participate in the um, the, the um, grown-up conference um, but for the actual show part of it um, that'll be a pre-recorded um, it'll be live to tape so it'll still feel like a live show right um, but I, I I'm trying to find I'm trying to figure out what the balance is still I'm still experimenting mm-hmm. which um, is such an exciting uh, thing and and one that we don't have access to you know you certainly can't um, give feedback to Yo Gabba Gabba. Um, right. And so what an exciting opportunity for caregivers and parents and um, anyone that, that works closely with children. I think so. I mean, it really, it really does become our thing. And, and, and certainly there, you know, there, every kid's show and, a, and adult sitcom and drama, you know, there are the, the accompanying um, websites and Twitter feeds, and there is an element of interactiveness, but this is feels very different. It feels very personal um, and 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 real. My my tagline, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's become a tagline. It was just something I used to say, um, but it was um, I'm I'm attempting to bring a human voice back to children's media, a, a real human voice. Yeah, and and that's it's just missing and it, and it won't be um it won't be just my voice you know it'll be the voices of the parents but i'm also um uh bringing in other caregivers this this upcoming season other real human beings not actors but real teachers and real artists to um, come in and interact with me but also interact with the puppets um because last year i would <laughs> like on the screen i was operating the set and the lights and the sound i had a bunch of pulleys going and i would pop up the puppets and i would do the voice of the puppet but you could see me doing the voice of the puppet and i didn't mind that because i think it's important right. for children to see you know how it works so that they can do it too um, like i don't want to trick i don't want to trick anyone you know if they're young enough um, uh, to well i guess what i'm trying to say is even with adults, like if you're invested and believing in it, you don't notice the guy or the girl talking. You just see the puppet, and that yes. person disappears. Um, uh, and if you're if you're at the point where you're like, oh, oh, I see what 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 he or she is doing. I I, I think I can do that too. You know, that's that's great too. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can speak to all the different levels at the same time. Uh, but anyway, I'll, I'll be bringing in um, other caregivers this this year. Um, and we're going to start recording everything, uh, uh, not this weekend, but next. Wonderful. And and how can people watch? How can people interact? Give to us interact, all the details. Sure. Well, to, to interact, um, this, this second season, it will still be on Facebook Live. Go to Danny Joe's Treehouse. And Joe's 
is J-O-E-S, Danny Joe's Treehouse, Treehouse, two separate words. And uh, go to Facebook and you'll find me. And uh, like it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel too by the mm-hmm. same name. But on YouTube, when I do a live um, video, I'll, I'll give an announcement of one one's coming up. And then you just participate the day of. Um, and then the pre-recorded stuff will go up onto uh, YouTube a couple weeks later. I'm going to try to get a few episodes together before I start uploading them. Great. Um, and and, and um, if it's okay, I'd like to make the uh, special announcement that I'm yes. very excited about. Yes. So the, the free... <laughs> the, <laughs> I'm um, excited too. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the first episode, which will be on the um, 21st of October, that's a Saturday... And um, we'll do the live broadcast at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, the special guest will be uh, Mr. David Newell. And Mr. David Newell um, was the gentleman that played Mr. McFeely on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood yes. for um, 50 years. And uh, he's coming over to be on our show, as not as Mr. McFeely. My, my show has no connection to, other than being greatly influenced by Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. There's no partnership or anything. I'm not connected to the Fred Rogers Company at all. Um, David Newell is an individual. I've I've known him for coming up on ten years now. First met him at the Field Museum. Um, I was I organized a sweater drive, oh, wow. and and uh, called their PR department when they were still Family Communications before they became the Fred Rogers Company, and uh, said I'd like to learn more about your sweater drive. And Mr. McFeely called me back because <laughs> he was their PR guy and had been for many 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 years. So um, uh, he came out. Uh, as, as Mr. McFeely and, and we did a sweater drive and did, did some, uh, live appearance stuff. He brought all, uh, the, some of the original puppets and, uh, we just started to get to know each other. And, uh, eventually I worked up enough courage to tell him about what I wanted to do. And he, um, on and off throughout the years, have, he's given me, um, feedback and encouragement. And, uh, I finally, uh, yeah, worked up the courage to say, Hey, David, would you want to be on my show? Yeah. <laughs> and he and he said, uh, yes, sure. And uh, so he's he's coming in on the 21st as his, his true self. He won't be speedy, speedy, fast, Mr. McFeely. He's going to be <laughs> David taking his time and encouraging us to, to slow down and really connect with each other. Um, That's so wonderful. I'm very excited to watch. Thank you. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to uh, to see you. Yeah. <laughs> to know that you're there and, and, and find out what your questions are. And, and uh, yeah, and, and the episode will be recorded after the live broadcast. And then you can, uh, you can see the story on, on YouTube a couple weeks later. Wonderful. So just to make sure that I'm understanding clearly and the listeners are, sure. uh, next Saturday, because this is Sunday now, we're recording beforehand, listeners, but... Um, this goes up on Sunday, the 15th. Um, so next Saturday, the 21st viewers can tune in on YouTube, correct? On, on, I'm glad that you asked on, on, uh, Facebook. Great. Okay. Go to the Facebook page. Facebook page. Great. So they can tune in on Facebook at 9am, uh, Eastern standard time. Mm-hmm. And at the Danny Joe's Treehouse page. Danny Joe's Treehouse page, which I will certainly put a link to um, 
on my Facebook, Chronicles of Nannia's Facebook page. And yes, of course. And, um, and then you will do a live show with interact interaction and then you will film, um, one that you will broadcast later afterwards. Correct. Right. Correct. And my, my friend who actually has done improv, um, uh, said I should describe it like an improv show. It's, it's like when you go to a live improv show, you ask the audience for suggestions. The live broadcast is us asking the audience for suggestions and getting feedback. We, we end that broadcast. It's not a show. It's a discussion talking about what our topic's going to be. Yeah. And, and then we turn off the live broadcast. We we look at all the feedback that we got and talk about what we talked about with all the families. And then we incorporate that into the, um, the outline that we put together to, um, with each other. Mm -hmm. And then we, we, um, turn on the fancy camera and my wife, Stephanie, um, records it. And uh, we we play out the episode. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited about that. So yes, I, as you're listening to this, mark your calendars because I think that's just such a wonderful opportunity. And then you will be doing that um, every Saturday, or well, it's it's uh, we'll we'll see. A lot of it yeah. depends on on scheduling with the individuals. But the very next one is actually going to be the the um, on the 22nd on Sunday. Oh, okay, in, great. In the in the afternoon at 2:30. And uh, that's going to feature um, two local artists, um, Mr. Max and Mr. Root from Baby Beats. They're uh, cool. really they're super cool, um, and they have a following with adults too. But um, Max is a, a beatboxer, mm-hmm. and um, Mr. Root um, is an MC. He's a beautiful singer, uh, and they are going to um, the the main character that we're going to focus on this season is is uh, Teddy. Uh-huh. And Teddy is going to come into being on on the program, and we're going to see Teddy starting to deal with uh, different responses to all the common concerns that we talked about at the very very beginning. Mm-hmm. Way back at the beginning of this episode, <laughs> um, you know, understanding the difference between uh, shelter and home. You know, a home being the people around you, not just the structure that you live in, and right. and clothing, and and eventually getting into some much bigger ideas and um, learning how to cope and how to be part of a community and how to control emotions and, and all the other puppets all come into play. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be really fun. Oh, that's such an exciting opportunity for caregivers and parents. And, and I'm just, I'm so excited for you. Uh, cause you. I think that that's, yeah, it's just going to be great. I'm, I'm so excited. <laughs> Yay. Good, um, me too. Me too. Well, wonderful. Um, so yes, listeners, be sure that you go like Danny Joe's Treehouse on Facebook and certainly on YouTube as well. But um, that is a way to find out more details uh, as the season goes on um, about when recordings will happen and when those interactive live broadcasts will happen. Um, because I think that that's that's just such a unique thing that to be able to participate in. Um, and so, yes, wonderful. Um, and if you can't remember, if you're driving in your car and you can't write it down, 
then go to the Chronicles of Nannia page, which I'm sure you've already liked, and, <laughs> and you will find right. all the details written down there for you. So if you're driving and you can't write it down right now, don't worry. It's okay. Just go to Chronicles of Nannia, and then I'll have all the details there for you throughout the week. So, yes. Um, <laughs> well, is there, is, are, is there anything else that you would like to say or promote or anything uh, else? I, I, I don't, I don't think so. There's, we're, we're building a, a, a website. Um, Great. so all of these things will be in one space. Um, but that's taking a little bit of time. That's, mm-hmm. that's down the line. We're still very new, you know, we're growing. Right. Um, uh, but, uh, oh, you know what we could do to, to wrap up? It's something that we did at, um, at Nanny Palooza. Do you want to talk, you want to talk to King? Do you want to do the, I'm the boss of you song? Yes, I would love that. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the, yeah. the, the setup is, um, this all came out of, um, uh, body integrity. I, I used to bring a very simple little King puppet to schools. And the first time I brought the King puppet out, a little girl said, you're not the boss of me. <laughs> and, uh, and it kept evolving and it became about, you know, we take care of our own bodies and it's okay to say stop if you don't like something, if you don't like the way someone's treating your your body or your feelings, you're the boss of you. Mm-hmm. You have lots of grown-ups that care about you and love you and help you to take care of your mind and body. But even with the grown-ups, if there's something that you don't like, it's okay to say stop, I don't like that. Um, so the, the song that we teach the kids before King comes out is... I'm the boss of me. I'm the boss of me. I take care of my mind and body because I'm the boss of me. And then the king comes out and says, Ooh, hello, everyone. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I have an important proclamation, you'll see. <clears throat> I'll sing it. <laughs> everyone look at me. I'm the boss of you, and I'm the boss of you. I tell you what to do, because I'm the boss of you. Yay! You're welcome. Yes! Wait, yes. but king... Mm, yes, my dear. Yes, you may bow to your king. Oh, yes. yes. Um, Thank you for that opportunity. Yes, you're welcome. But I'm struggling because... Uh, because I, I, I know that... Because you're not a king like me, Martha. That's okay. <laughs> well, you're yes, I, you're right. You're my I'm, subject. Yes. Um, but I, I also, I am, I am the boss of, of me. Uh, no, no, no. You misunderstood the, the <laughs> lyrics, you see. It's I'm the boss of you, you see. But it's just not true. I'm the boss of me and you are the boss of you. You know what part of the problem is? It's Danny, <laughs> it's Danny Joe again. Uh, uh, king often... Often only uh, communicates through song. I, I really feel like you should probably sing the song. Oh, like, I can you're sing right, with you if you right, want. Right. I would and if you're that. listening in your car, if you want to feel empowered, you can sing along with us. Yes. It's, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm the, the boss of me. I'm the boss of me. I take care of my mind and body because I'm the boss of me. Well, I completely disagree, but I'll see you later. <laughs> Oh, he's king. gone. We got we got rid of the king. Oh now. yes, for now. But you know what? <laughs> that king. We talk about this a lot. Actually, one of the little boys on the show watched this and and wanted to understand why King is the way he is. It can be really frustrating, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but there's always a root cause, even with those those kings that come and go. You know, the 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 big blue sky above has been around a lot longer, and uh, 
other kings will come and, and other queens will come. And, uh, you know, you don't want that action event to influence your behavior. Um, so stay, stay strong out there and uh, uh, we'll, we'll be okay. Yes. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, this was this was just wonderful. Well, that was such a wonderful high note to leave off on, and um, I <laughs> I really really appreciate you taking time to speak with me about all of this. It's it's all very helpful. I appreciate you talking with me, Martha. I really do, and I appreciate all the the, the work that you do as a nanny and as a host, and and how you share all these resources with with others. Uh, it's really it's important work. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you. And uh, listeners, be sure to tune in to Danny Joe's Treehouse. Like I said, I've already used it with some nanny kids and the response I have gotten. They, they've already started singing. <laughs> I'm the boss of me, uh, <laughs> which is, is so delightful. And, and I've mm-hmm. been seeing it getting incorporated into their play. And it, it's wonderful. Good. So thank you. And, uh, and thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Chronicles of Nania is produced and hosted by Martha Reddick. Artwork by Noni Amadon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudio.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nania and on Twitter at Nania Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.